0: This is the Lead Speakers Podcast with Scott Lloyd. In this podcast, you'll hear engaging conversations with everyday leaders and discover their motivations, desires, and passions. Most importantly, hear practical applications and advice for becoming the leader that you've always wanted to be. Welcome to Lead Speakers.
1: All right, friends, thank you for joining us on this edition of Lead Speakers. I'm Scott Lloyd, and I am thrilled to have my beautiful niece with me today. Um, I consider her an up-and-coming leader, not just an up-and-coming leader, but a current leader and influencer. If you want to follow her or check her out, you can uh, do so by looking on the gram, Instagram at Kimberly1985. That's Kimberly1985. That being said, Kimberly, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And
0: Kimberly with a Y, just so everyone knows. So. Absolutely.
1: Kimberly with a y, K-Y-M- B-E-R-L-Y 1985. What's so significant about 85?
0: My birth year. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, that, that's a wonderful segue into what we're going to talk about because I wanted to have you on the program because I do consider you uh, to be an influencer. And it's a point of pride for me that you're my niece and you're doing such a powerful, uh, positive job. So I'm I'm very proud of you. Uh, For what you do and the positivity that you share and the influence and uh, the things that you speak out about the very important issues. So I kind of want to open with this idea of what does it mean to be a young woman uh, living in these crazy times? Obviously, um, we are in the throes of a pandemic. Nobody saw Mm -hmm. this coming. Uh, 2020 has turned out to be quite a year. So what do you do as a, as a young person, as a young woman in particular? How do you navigate um, the day and age in which we're living? Well, as
0: a millennial, <laughs> um, I think we've seen so many shifts now um, over the course of our lifetime. You know, we weren't prepared for this, obviously, but um, we have the chops to handle it for sure. Um, you know, uh, all of life. For a millennial has been about change Um, and that's no different here in 2020. So I think um, we're very adaptable.
1: (laughs) And that's one of the things that I really uh, admire about your generation is the ability to adapt to things as they change. It's something that um, I sort of envy. Um, I turned 49 yesterday, so a new decade is upon me. Um, 1971, very different generation, Generation X. Um, And so if we we look at how your generation sort of navigates the world when compared to my generation especially, I think one of the things that we struggle with, or I'll just speak for myself, something that I struggle with is this ability to adapt to change. We kind of like our routines. Uh, We like things the way that they are. But something Mm -hmm. that I admire about your generation specifically is is what you referenced there, the ability to adapt to change.
0: Sure. And we haven't had much choice in the matter. Um, So, you know, I think there's some resilience there. And um, I really believe in the human spirit, no matter what generation we come from. And I think that we can endure. And I actually think it's during these times that we figure out who we are, what we're about, and where we're going. And we actually have some time to do that now.
1: Absolutely. And that's one of the advantages that has been afforded um, all of us in this quarantine is an opportunity to slow down um, and to reflect and to think about our lives, where we're at and where we're going and uh, what that looks like for all of us and, and what's next. And so what prompted this conversation is you shared with me uh, some guiding philosophies um, that are relatively new in your life. I, I really just reading over them. I think they're, they're tried and true perennial principles, but they they were new to you and, and it was an epiphany of sorts for you. And so I wanted to invite you on the program since we're all about leadership and a, a big part of leadership is about leading ourselves, um, especially mm-hmm. in challenging times so I wanted to invite you on to talk a little bit about um, this philosophy that is sort of guiding you. And why don't we start with just a few of those, those principles? Um, it, you, you sent me several bullet points, but just looking up here, um, the first one that catches my eye is this idea of answering the question, what are your passions? Uh, what would you do with your life if you had ultimate freedom? Where, does these, where do these passions come from? What inside of you makes you the happiest? Are you walking in your passions in your daily life? And what would you do if you were not scared of judgment? And what I really like about Mm -hmm. the principles that you shared is that they're in the form of questions. Um, So many times, people um, that are trying to, uh, well intentioned people that are trying to give advice, so often get preachy, right? And we try to tell other people what to do. But with your philosophy here that's sort of guiding you, uh, you invite us to ask questions, and I think that's a great place to begin.
0: I think it's a great place for everyone to begin with themselves because um, a lot of times we seek out guidance, and there's nothing wrong with that. But really, the only people who can answer those questions are ourselves. We are the only ones who know, we're the only ones. You know, I could walk up to uh, a spiritual leader or a different leader and say, hey, what do you think I should do with my life? But they're not going to know the answers to that better than I am. And it might take me some digging. And in fact, it will likely take some digging. But um, the whole thing is that, you know, you go inward, you find out what you're about, what you're passionate about, which I think the things you're passionate about are innate. Um, like uh, there's very few times where people wake up and they're like, well, I figured out I was passionate about this. A lot of things that you're passionate about, you know, you can think back to a time in childhood when it started or, or things like that, but life gets busy. And especially as adults, uh, we're told, you know, you need to go to college, you need to figure it out and you have to make your decision right now. And so a lot of times we get stuck on paths that we don't want to be on necessarily, and um and then we feel stuck we feel trapped like we can't get out and um I just think that's an illusion I think Absolutely. we can, we always have the choice
1: right and that 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 power of autonomy that power of freedom to to make a choice to do the next right thing especially in the area of your passions I think is, is wonderful and of course in my profession as a, as a college professor, I have lots of interactions with uh, college-age young people, um, which are a bit younger than you. Um, and a lot of times what they struggle with coming out of high school and coming uh, into college, and even upon you know uh, graduating from the university, is this idea of, I, I don't know what my passion is. And so something that's been very helpful for me is answering three questions. Um, what makes you mad? What mm-hmm. makes you glad? And what makes you sad? So at the intersection of what makes you uniquely mad, glad, and sad, I think we can discover sort of how we were wired to tick. And, and you're exactly right. There, there has to be a point of introspection, right? You have to go inward and it's not mm-hmm. just about going inward, but it's about finding those core values and principles that have shaped you. And a lot of times, you I, I like the word that you used, and I want you to elaborate on this, the idea of digging, right? Because right. Um, I, I heard a great analogy one time that if you want gold, um, you've got to do more than just uh, move a few leaves around on the top soil of the surface. You've got okay. to actually dig so elaborate on, on digging and how that helps us discover those passions
0: so to dig you have to take a deep dive uh within yourself um and what i recommend doing when people ask me is kind of taking an inventory of your life um what's what is your life reflecting back to you what because i believe that your life is an extension of you whatever's in whoever's in your life you have them in your life your partner you chose that partner your job, you chose that job as well. I mean, you may not like it, but you still chose it. And um, I think it's good just to take an inventory of all the choices that you've made that have gotten you where you are, and then you can figure out what about that you don't like, why you made maybe made some choices that are you know contradict what you say you want. Mm-hmm. Which is, um, if that sounds easy, but that's quite the task. Um, so you should be patient with yourself. When doing that, but you should also be honest and it's also empowering just to take responsibility, you know, for the state of your life, good or bad. I mean, all of it. It's your it's all um, you know, a result of your choices. And um, you know, there's things externally that we can't control that happen to us, um, but we still have the power to react to them and to direct our lives, you know, going forward. So that's So that is the first step to digging—kind of looking at your life, saying, "Okay, what about it? It It's good. What about it? I don't—you know—what about it? Are things that I would like to change? And that will set you on a—that takes a while. (laughs) That will set you on a path. But if you're being really honest with yourself, which is good to be, because um, otherwise you're just limiting yourself, then you can really—you can really take that inventory, and you can really be empowered to understand that um, you, know, you still have this moment. You're still alive. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. That doesn't really matter about your circumstances. You know, um, you can, you start to feel empowered over your own life when you do that. And that's the first step. And I think, um, you know, after that, things really start to change. Um, I think everybody's journey on that's different but after you do that kind of deep dive, I think your perspective will start to change in a lot of ways.
1: I because think, we're, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Because we are in a very, um, right now, especially we're in a really reactionary society, uh, we are just bombarded with news on every platform. We're bombarded with opinions. We're bombarded. It's, there's a lot of noise, a lot of noise. And um, Oftentimes, I don't think we realize how much of that we absorb, actually, and um, sometimes subconsciously, some of that can be dictating some of our choices, I think.
1: I think that's well said, and, and that sort of leads us to your, your next point about accepting yourself in unconditional love, and of course, me coming from a Christian perspective, Um, I I really think this is important, and and I understand that that not everyone is a Christian, and even uh, in my own self-discovery, and as I continue to be guided by uh, Christian tradition and in scriptures, I'm finding that a lot of what um, was given to me, right, in the form of Christianity, I find it not to square up with what I'm finding authentic Christianity to be, And whatever your particular worldview might be, I think this is a very important principle. Um, And of course, I believe that it flows out of Christianity. You don't have to accept that. No one does. But the principle remains the same, that unconditional love, if you don't have that as a starting place, you're going to beat yourself up. And like you said, this world uh, will tear you apart. If you listen to all the noise, if you listen to all of the opinions if you listen to all of the misguided information, so as you take that deep dive, you've got to establish first a principle, um, a foundation of unconditional love.
0: Absolutely. And that's something that can be found in every religion, practically, yes. unconditional love. And certainly in Christianity, love, un- that unconditional love is promoted. Um, I don't know that the world we're in really understands how to condi- uh, unconditionally love. Um, you know, there's all, especially nowadays, because a difference of opinion, people are cutting off their friends, their family, everybody just for a difference of opinion. And that's not unconditional love. So, um, you know, but if someone does that to you, it just means that they don't have unconditional love for themselves. Um, But that said unconditional love is kind of like okay i can you know i'm a human being i mess up i don't do everything right i'm not always right it doesn't matter i'm still me i still love myself um it's sort of that inner critic just kind of um not accepting that for yourself anymore not accepting um yeah that inner critic just looking at it saying okay i get that you're trying to guide me um, but I don't need you. This isn't how I embrace myself, and I think a lot of people struggle with an inner critic because that's how society is set up. We're set up, especially um, here in the United States. We, you know, we're always pushed to succeed. We're always pushed to be the best. You know, to win the race, and so it starts at a really young age where we're told, you know, we'll be good enough if we win the trophy, or we'll be good enough if we do this or that, or. And I think that really is uh, is a damaging way to live, because it will break you. You break yourself down after a while, and once you break yourself down, I mean, other people will notice it, and then they just start reflecting it back to you, and then it's a whole spiral of a mess.
1: So I think you're exactly right when we when we consider and reflect on the culture of the West, uh, the United States in particular. That's our context Uh, when we think about this consumer-driven, competitive capitalistic society that sees people as uh, a a means to an an end instead of the end within themselves that sees people and relationships as something to be capitalized on transactions to take place Uh, it robs us of our humanity and it it diminishes our worth and the thing about a, a, a capitalistic consumer-driven, competitive society is that there's always going to be something else that you've got to reach for. There's always going to be the next trophy, the next prize, uh, the next accolade, uh, the next achievement. And so if you do not have that security of unconditional love, you're going to be jumping through hoops for everybody and every little thing that comes down, down the pike. And so I think that is a hugely important principle that you touched on there.
0: And for yourself, you're going to always be, you know, like, I'll be happy if I can just do this, or if I can just get here, I'll be happy, you know, and happiness, you, you could be happy in jail, you could be happy. The truth is, is if you're happy, you're going to be happy anywhere under any circumstances. And, and that is a very elusive concept, I believe, for here, because, because things are not built on on unconditional love. And I think that, that really changes the game, it really changes the game, because when you love yourself unconditionally, you know how to love other people unconditionally, so they can say, you know, and and then they may say things about you, and they will, I mean, people do that, but um, if you love yourself unconditionally, it's not going to shake you, you know, it might sting you a little bit, but you're not going to be shaken to your core about it, and you certainly, if you love yourself unconditionally, you'll love them unconditionally, and then that makes forgiveness easy, and you know, They don't even necessarily have to apologize, but you love them unconditionally. So you're just like, all right, well, I forgive you. And it's a very freeing way to live because then you're not, you're not, your happiness isn't dependent upon external circumstances or people or their reactions to you. And you're just living um, in an authentic way, true to yourself. And you really just don't care what anyone thinks about it. (laughs) And it's just living in absolute freedom.
1: Yes, I think that is a powerful day when you come to the conclusion um, that um, regardless of what anybody else thinks about you, at the end of the day, you've got to live with yourself. You've got to live with your own choices, and you alone are responsible uh, for the choices that you make in life. Um, and it dawned on me—I'm not sure when—but it was it was a very freeing day for me that um, if I do nothing in life people will criticize me. Mm-hmm. If I take action in life, people will criticize me. So criticism is the currency of the planet. Um, it is uh, how you go about life, unfortunately.
0: So it you've is got to... they're not living in unconditional love. <laughs> exactly.
1: That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So you've got to come to a place in your life that um, I'm going to be at peace um, with the choices that I make and the trajectory that i take in my life Um, and i cannot be responsible for other people's feelings i can only be responsible for my feelings and my actions and by doing so i'm embracing this idea of unconditional love because not to do so you fall into the comparison trap there's always going to be Mm -hmm. someone that you consider prettier uh, faster stronger wealthier that has a bigger house a nicer car Whatever the case might be, the degree that you want, um, they, they're living the lifestyle that you want. So if you fall into that comparison trap, you'll never be satisfied with, from my perspective, you know, who you were made and who you were wired to be.
0: Right. And you're robbing yourself because you're not being who you were made or wired to be. And um, one surprising thing for me is I thought I had a pretty good grasp on knowing who I was. But when I did that deep dive, I figured out that I was not i did not have a good grasp on it, and I feel like this is going to be lifetime work uh, where it's never going to end but um, so I know that there's people that will be listening that think, "Oh, I know myself and I love myself but but do you really <laughs> I think it's it's worth you know stopping and really looking at because if your happiness or your peace or your joy is dependent upon anything external whatsoever, then I don't, I just don't believe that it is true happiness or joy because you can, like I said before, you can have that under any circumstances, you know, right now we're not in the best. So.
1: And if that happiness and joy and harmony is tied to something external outside of you, what happens when that thing That person, that possession disappears from your life. And so does the joy, the peace, the harmony, and the happiness. So you've got to get to that place where you realize that, and this is one of your principles, that happiness and harmony, those are internal elements. And and you need to realize, you write, that you don't have to be taken or moved by external tides. And this, you say, will empower you to live bravely. And authentically uh, and mm-hmm. and help you sort of remove those things that are bringing suffering and pain and discomfort to your life
0: Right, and if not, remove them, then you just make simply make the choice to love yourself unconditionally, and it is what it is, you know, but you're not um I've gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, well, this external stuff's going on, but I'm good, right you know it doesn't it won't move you the way that it moved you before. And that's, there's real freedom in that. It's really empowering. And um, I know a lot of your uh, listeners are Christian. And I think that in Christianity, I think that there are a lot of clues in the Bible that sort of speak to that. Like you have the tools, you you are equipped with this intelligence, you're, equi- you're equipped with free will. You can make these choices. You don't have to embrace suffering. You know, you can choose to embrace unconditional love. It's it's your choice.
1: Right. And even in the idea of, of the Christian tradition, you know, the, the New Testament especially talks about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. He is called a counselor. Uh, he is called someone that that comes alongside of us. And so the idea in the Christian tradition is um if you're on this planet, you are going to face a certain amount of suffering. It's inherent to the human condition. But Mm -hmm. what goes to your philosophy is this idea that even in the suffering, I still have the power to choose my response to that suffering. Um, And, you know, Jesus is is a great example of this, right? The writer of Hebrews talks about him enduring the cross for the hope that was set before him. So he didn't look at the pain of the cross, but he looked forward to the hope of the resurrection. And so that, that, uh, keys up nicely with what you're talking about here is looking inwardly to that unconditional love and saying, you know what, um, I'm going to rely on that unconditional love, uh, whether that unconditional love is coming from acceptance from myself or in my perspective, in my tradition, I look to God as a source of unconditional love that inhabits me and lives within me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, um, the Bible also speaks about being filled with the Holy Spirit, and I believe, you know, you can call it uh, what you want to call it, and people call it different things, but a lot of religions speak about that, and I think that is something, you know, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, in your religion, or whatever, other people call it enlightenment, people call it different things, but the premise is, is that you can walk through fire and you're not going to be burned. You know, spiritually speaking, you're going right. to be fine. Absolutely. And that's the power in it. That's why it's liberating. And that's why it's so free to walk that way.
1: That's well said. I want to touch on this principle. I, I love this one. You don't need to prove yourself or explain yourself to anyone. You just are. And the more you know about yourself, the more you will let yourself be.
0: Yes. I think we pester ourselves to death. <laughs> I think. Talk we about have that a little bit. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not good. I mean, we're not allowing, uh, we're not allowing our spirits to shine when we do that. We're sort of putting a cap on it and we're saying we're, we're having to qualify it and we're saying, you know, no, we can't do this, we can't do it that way, what will people think if we do it, no, and what we're doing is we're, we're actually, we're handicapping ourselves because we're not allowing our true natures to shine, and I have, in another philosophy I have is that, uh, you know, your spirit is designed for you, your spirit is you, and your spirit wants to be free, wants to shine, but unfortunately, feel like, um, and I know I was, living an abbreviated life um I and mean, it was by my own doing of course i didn't see it that way uh at the time i thought well these are my external circumstances and i'm working with what i have but really but really it you know for me personally i think that was just an excuse because it can be scary to be authentic so
1: yeah i mean that's the conclusion that's... i came to that's that's really good, and I want you to talk a little bit about this because um, your life, by your own admission, was different before you came to this realization, and now mm-hmm. um, you're living life differently by a different perspective. So, so can you talk a little bit about within in the realm of what you're comfortable sharing about how your life was, and then you you had this 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 enlightenment. Um, And then talk about how your life is now in comparison, because I think that's helpful to a lot of people. They can't see past their current circumstance. They can't see past their current situation, but you're living proof um, that you can. You can move beyond where you're at now and where you have been to a place of peace, Um, but you've got to go through that transition. So talk a little bit about your own experience.
0: So I was going through the motions And I was just feeling like, oh, my gosh, is this it? Is this all there is to life? And, uh, you know, quite frankly, I was getting pretty depressed about it. And, um, you know, I was like, well, I don't think that I'm living authentically, but, you know, I'm living, I'm doing okay. Uh, You know, more excuses that you tell yourself. when those thoughts pop up, when you get those little inner kind of like glimmers of like, "Mm, maybe you should be doing something else or maybe, maybe you have a different purpose. And then, you know, immediately that kicks in with all the excuses of, of why you shouldn't. And then it sort of turns into this cycle, right? Like this battle that you have with yourself um, where you're kind of like, okay, I want to do this, but I really can't because of, you know, X, Y, Z. Mm. But, um, so I think I got caught in that cycle and it is a cycle. It's a vicious cycle. And when you're in that, the clarity is not there. It's not there. But, um, it was causing me a lot of grief, a lot of sadness, a lot of depression. Um, it was, it was getting to be unbearable actually, where I would just, actually, I would wake up and cry. I would just open my eyes and cry but that's what happens when you suffocate your own spirit and um i just didn't realize that's what i was doing at the time but that's what i was doing i was literally taking like um like a pillow and just like shoving it over my spirit and anytime my spirit would you know try to compel me to to take steps in the direction that it wanted to go i'd be like no we can't do that you know we're going to we're going to we're good here and i think that's not living authentically and um I think that causes a lot of
1: suffering. And I really appreciate your vulnerability in sharing that because I, I, I really believe, especially with um, the new realities of our world, um, we have a mental health crisis in our country, in our world um, Mm -hmm. that our system is not prepared uh, to deal with. And so you have a lot of people that are struggling um, with uh, anxiety, with heightened Uh, feelings of of angst and uh, depression Um, and it's okay I think it's important to say that hey it's okay to have these feelings and right and not beat yourself up because of it but thankfully this philosophy was was helpful in in guiding you out of that and that's not to say that that even if you embrace this sort of philosophy or belief system that you won't have days where you struggle we all struggle But it helps you sort of sort of keep your your heading um, and understand the direction that you're traveling.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's um, the best part about it is is that it's empowering because um, when you start to get caught in that cycle, you don't feel empowered. In fact, you feel powerless and you feel helpless and you feel like I can't change anything. There's nothing I can do about this, and you surrender maybe to the situation but but the truth about external circumstances is they're always fluid Uh, if you review your life I mean there's going to be you know stable things but the situations are going to change and that's just a fact of life Um, so uh, we can see that negatively if we choose to we can see it you know it's and change is hard to deal with But the fact of the matter is, is that nothing externally is really that fixed, which what's really fixed is is your soul and your spirit and who you are. And if you have a good grasp on that, you know, all the change in the world can come your way and it's going to be all right.
1: I think that's a that's a very interesting perspective. Uh, Kimberly, 1985 with a Y, -Y K-Y-M-B-R-L-Y, 1985. Follow her. On Instagram. We're enjoying a a great conversation. And Kimberly also happens to be uh, my beautiful niece. Very proud of her and the influence that she's having in the world. And I wanted to invite her on uh, Lead Speakers because I I do think and do consider her to be a leader with some very important things to say, not only to her generation, uh, but to mine as well. And so, Kimberly, um, you're talking about this transition that happened. So, you kind of explained where you were. So now take us to, to what life looks like uh, differently on the other side of that.
0: Um, well, rainbow comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's so drastic. It's really, uh, I, I don't wake up crying anymore. I'm grateful for that. I'm so grateful for things that I overlooked before, um, you know, because when, when you shift into that mindset, you know, Uh, everything's going to be okay, because you know who you are, and you know, you can handle anything, everything in your life, the smallest things, food, water, hot water, electricity, you know, you start to just feel really grateful. And that's another thing that's very empowering, because it really shifts your perspective on your life. Instead of you lacking and needing something, your life is full. And, and uh, your life can be full if you're full on the inside. And uh, you know, I, I feel like I could live in a box and I would be fine <laughs> at this point, which is, it's just, uh, it's, I just feel completely free and grateful. And, um, I'm happy that I was able to see these things, you know, uh, you know, I'm not like a spring chicken, but I'm still young enough to where I could really implement these things and make uh big changes in my life, which is what I'm doing. And, um. And they don't seem, you know, before big changes seemed really threatening. Um, but now, you know, it's just, that's just part of life and just tackling it. Uh, it's just, a, yeah, it's a complete change. And people in my life have noticed it as well. And.
1: Um, what has been their reaction?
0: Um, shock, <laughs> a lot of shock, uh, kind of just wondering you know what what in the world how did that happen but um um, not beating myself up and refusing to allow my inner critic to to live basically starving it i basically starved it to death because that's not um that's not how you should treat yourself it's not and definitely not how you should treat others either um so
1: And you know, that's really important. This idea of, of how we treat ourselves ends up reflecting and coming out in ways that are unexpected. And usually what happens is we, we end up hurting those nearest to us and hurting those all around us. And it has nothing to do necessarily with their actions or their feelings or their words. And it has everything to do with the, the feelings Um, and the behaviors and the words that we're speaking to ourselves. So really, the the way that we treat others is a great measuring tool for us to know how people feel about themselves and how we feel about ourselves. And so what you're saying is that since you've had this change of perspective, starve the critic um, and start accepting yourself in unconditional love, it frees you to love others unconditionally.
0: Right, because you don't take what they say personally, and that's really empowering, because when you don't take what someone says personally, you can look at them as a human being, you can look at them and know they're, you know, they could be struggling in their own lives, you you don't know what's going on, but you didn't take it personally, so who cares, (laughs) either way, you know, so you can respond to them in a way that's not demeaning, or you know i see a lot of that on the internet like a lot of uh, real critical real demeaning stuff they have to take it to that place and i think that is a reflection of them and maybe how they treat themselves because um where else would it be coming from
1: i wouldn't know anything about that (laughs) (laughs) yes I, i do understand from experience um and you know that is that is a great point um I try to be active on social media, say things that I feel like are important, speak out as you do on Instagram and and on other places about things that matter in our world, and Mm -hmm. uh, immediately you know that will draw the ire of of people, and you see a lot of um, hateful remarks directed at you personally. Um, And what I've learned to do is 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 exactly what you're saying. That's more of a reflection of who they are. It says more about them. And far less about me or what what I've stated. Most of what I share, um, well, I will say this: all of what I share is not personal. Um, it's not directed at anyone personally. Um, when I call out our leaders, I'm directing uh, my remarks towards their words, their actions, their behaviors, and their policies. But it's not demeaning or dehumanizing them. But I'm simply pointing out things that they are doing, and I certainly never attack uh, people directly that I know or um, that, um, that, that are just uh, close to me or even, even not close to me on social media. What I, what I attempt to do, I don't always get it perfect, but I think what I, I try to do is stay focused on the issue and try to separate the issue from the person. And I think that's helpful um, as we navigate this world. Absolutely,
0: and here's the problem. Here's the problem uh, about uh, becoming such a reactionary society: is that our we have learned to tie our identities, what we should be finding within ourselves, to politics or to other issues that we should not be uh, tying our identities to. Like these things matter, and we need to talk about them, and we need to come up with solutions for them. But as long as we are as long as we are choosing to, like, use that as a crutch for our identities instead of doing the real work and figuring out who we really are, we're going to take that personally. So if someone's going to see what you say, and they maybe identify with politics that are different, and um, instead of seeing the issue, which is what you posed, I know, because I've seen they take it personally, and, you know, oh, you're attacking us again, you're doing this, like, you... You just love, you know, the other side and yeah. that kind of thing. But that's the problem. That is the problem with letting the external rule you. That's that is one of the biggest problems. Well, because that person's so mad now. Okay, so maybe they're spending the rest of their day so mad, you know, because because you spoke up about an issue that they have confused with their identities, and uh. Politics is to blame for this a little bit because, you know, they do research on this stuff and their wording, um, the things they do and say, it, it's meant to get an emotional reaction. It's meant to. And that, and now it's supercharged and uh, people are super divided and it is a recipe for disaster. It really yes. is.
1: I, I I agree wholeheartedly because you you said a powerful thing there. You said that that people are confusing the issues with their identity, and so if someone attacks an issue that I believe is important or I believe uh, we should hold dear, uh, people confuse that as someone is attacking me, and mm-hmm. um, I I think that is a huge. Uh, as use you, your words, recipe for disaster, because what happens is our identities get confused with these p- particular political issues. And, and mm-hmm. I'll just use myself as an example. Um, I don't think it's any secret um, that I grew up um, wholeheartedly embracing a very different uh, political perspective than my father. My father, a uh, lifelong Democrat, I grew up embracing uh, a Republican. I came of age during the era of Ronald Reagan. Uh, when um, uh, Christianity um, or evangelical Christianity was sort of fused with the GOP in America, mm-hmm. and so there was What's
0: a no accident. I mean,
1: absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there, there, was there was a very uh, real ethic that drove um, that particular movement at the time. Um, but then, what happened is, as I came of age, the Republican Party um, started moving away. From those principles that they had taught me, or, or perhaps, as you mentioned, it was strategic and they never really believed it uh, at, at all. Um, so either way you look Where at it, know.
0: It's
1: bad. right? Either way Where you look know. at it, because it's
0: they bad. want votes.
1: Yeah, they wanted our vote. Absolutely, they were courting our vote. They were manipulating it. And so when I come of age, right now we have the, the issue of of a president um, who I. It's no secret I, I really disagree with his, um, his policies. I disagree with his temperament. I disagree with his style. I think all of it is disqualifying for the highest office in the land. Um, but that being said, I feel like those principles that were employed in the Republican Party of my youth, they have disavowed in embracing uh, the Trump presidency. And so my point is, is if you get if you get your identity confused with your politics, there will come a point in time when your politics will disappoint you and will let you down. And then what do you do?
0: Or or you have to bend to make excuses for them to justify the things they do. And so you have to actually your Uh, your identity is entrenched in this, so you need to do mental gymnastics to make it work, right? Right. That's the problem. This is a very bad thing.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Kimberly1985, Instagram, follow her. That's Kimberly with a Y, um, is our guest on this edition of Lead Speakers. Kimberly, we've got a few minutes left. Um, Before I get your uh, prognosis for what's coming in the future, um, what advice would you give to someone who's maybe struggling with their identity right now? Where do they start? Like if they wanted to access your philosophy, where did it start with you? What's a few things that they could do, practical things that they could do to start applying these principles?
0: Um, the first thing I would do is just work on slaying the inner critic. And, um, you know, anytime you, if you walk past the mirror, you don't like what you see. I want, you know, just don't feed it don't feed it um, some really good and that sounds kind of corny, but some really good things to do are to make some i am statements uh, who you think you are and you get up and you look in the mirror you're getting ready and you say "I am you know whatever you want to be or whatever you think you are and sort of just kind of start your day uh, with that on that tone and as you go through your day notice what uh, notice what's making you tick what's you know what's irritating you and and start to dig and find out why why is it irritating you and um you know go within and and figure that stuff out and i think that's that is the that is the best way to love yourself because you need as much attention as you give your partner you need as much attention as you give social media you need it's absolutely vital to pay attention to yourself, to pay attention to your emotions, your reactions, your passions, things like that. So that's where I would start.
1: Yeah, and that's well said. This, this idea of, of, of kind of speaking over yourself, um, your true identity instead of what others um, have told you or what the world is attempting to tell you, um, that's great, uh, fantastic advice. Uh, Kimberly1985 also happens to be my niece. Very proud of her. Um, so as we conclude today, um, you know, the world, um, is a mess, uh, but there's some very good things to see as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. again, it depends on perspective. So what is your perspective for the future? If you think about the next decade, uh, we're at the beginning Mm -hmm. of a decade and I think we can all agree, this is no way to start a new decade. Uh, but as we look forward to the future, what, what makes you hopeful?
0: I am hopeful. Uh, I think, you know, chaos, a lot of good things can be born in chaos. Uh, it doesn't have to be bad. Um, uh, we're definitely seeing a shakeup, uh, which is causing a lot of disagreements, like, you know, par for the course, unfortunately. But we're seeing a shakeup of, of things. Um, we're seeing a lot of things we don't like in our system. This has exposed a lot we don't like on both sides. Um, this is, I see this as an opportunity. I see everything uh, that this has caused as an opportunity for us to grow as a people. Um, idealistically, I would love for us to learn to come together. Um, you know, maybe that's far-fetched, but I'm going to stay optimistic about it. I do believe that the human spirit endures. And it when, when you see someone, you know, if you see someone in the street and, you know, they're their car broke down and they need help. You know, people will help them. You don't know if they're a Trump supporter. You don't know if they're a Democrat or Republican. And you know, this is what we need to get back to. You know, people can make their own choices. They can support whoever they want. That shouldn't mean you cut them out of your life or you, you know, you you demonize them. Uh, I would like to get back to that. But but uh, what I don't think is Uh, idealistic is that we are seeing total shakeup of the system and I think out of that we can birth some real good change.
1: Right, exactly. I think especially when we think in terms of the systemic issues in our society, um, the inequalities um, in our judicial system, in our education system, in our economy, um, all of that needs to be addressed and I think you're exactly right. This kind of chaos Um, brings about societal systemic change and that can make a lot of people uncomfortable Um, but absolutely but if you've been someone that has been continually victimized by this system someone that has been marginalized by the systemic inequalities in the United States then you look forward to change and you welcome change. Absolutely, And And we all
0: should because we all should because, you know, one person, one person, if one person loses their freedom, we all lose our freedom. And that's, um, people don't see it that way, but it really is that way. You know, we're all connected.
1: Well said.
0: Back to unconditional love. Absolutely. If If you wouldn't want to experience it, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be making excuses for why other people experience it.
1: Well said. And I think that is a hopeful note for our future, that change will come, that change is inevitable. And what my big takeaway from, from what you've shared with us today, Kimberly, is that as a leader, uh, it's important to recognize that change will come, change is inevitable, but start with that foundation of unconditional love and it will help you navigate those changes to come.
0: Absolutely. It's the only way to navigate forward. If not, we're, we're all doomed. <laughs> I mean, you know, not to be bleak, but uh, we will have to come together. And uh, the only way to do that, the only way to do that is through unconditional love. And I believe so much in the human spirit that I think we will do that. So,
1: Well said. Kimberly, thank you so much for being with us. I yeah, encourage everyone you. to uh, go check you out um, on Instagram, uh, Kimberly, 1985, Kimberly with a Y. And, uh, Hey, I'm, I'm thrilled to have you on this podcast and I want to have you back at some point in the future. I'm very proud of you.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. This has been the lead speakers podcast with Scott Lloyd. For more information, check out scottlloyd.com and share this content with a leader in your life today. Lead speakers, lead, speak,
1: persuade.